You're listening to Rowan Radio On Demand. Download more podcasts at rowanradio.com. The following program does not represent the views or opinions of the staff or administration of Rowan University or Rowan Radio. 89.7 WGLS-FM. Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM proudly presents The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. And now, The Rowan Radio News Team. Good morning and welcome to The Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. I'm Allie Bruce with The Rowan Radio News Team. Some of this week's headlines include a judge plans to unseal parts of the Trump affidavit, a Saudi doctoral student gets 34 years in prison for tweets, and a former Trump official plans on a plea agreement. Here's your national news recap for the week of August 14th. A federal judge will unseal parts of the affidavit used to raid former President Trump's South Florida home. In a ruling Thursday, the judge told the Department of Justice to file a redacted affidavit by next Thursday before the unsealing takes place. The DOJ argued the Trump investigation is in its early stages. The Texas governor's race is starting to get more expensive, with both major candidates starting TV ad buys. Incumbent Republican Governor Greg Abbott has already spent $20 million for campaign ads. Democrat Beto O'Rourke announced Thursday the campaign has done their own TV ad buys, although a price tag wasn't released. Polls show Abbott leads O'Rourke by at least five points. The Senate minority leader is tamping down expectations about Republicans regaining control of the Senate in November's midterm elections. Speaking in Florence, Kentucky, Mitch McConnell said there's a greater likelihood Republicans take control of the House. McConnell noted Senate races are different. Their statewide and candidate quality has a lot to do with the outcome. He predicted the Senate will continue to be tightly divided regardless of which party ends up with control. President Biden's chief medical advisor is applauding sweeping reforms that are being proposed for the CDC. Dr. Anthony Fauci said Director Rochelle Walensky recognized problems with the COVID pandemic response and is moving aggressively to address the issue. The NIH veteran said some of the CDC's structural problems predated Dr. Walensky's tenure. Fauci also insisted the COVID pandemic isn't over and again said everyone should be up to date on full vaccinations and booster shots. An updated booster is expected to be released in the fall. Fauci noted it's aimed at the BA5 subvariant. First Lady Jill Biden has tested positive for COVID. A statement from her communications director noted a PCR test revealed a positive result after she had cold-like symptoms. She's double vaccinated and has received two booster shots. Just like her husband, the First Lady is taking Paxlovid to treat her symptoms. Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis achieved a long-sought goal Wednesday with former New York Mayor Rudy Giuliani appearing for six hours before a grand jury investigating efforts to overturn the 2020 election. Giuliani, who is now the highest profile member of former President Donald Trump's inner circle to appear before grand jurors, was informed this week that he is a target of the inquiry. It is not clear what Giuliani said in his closed-door appearance. It came as Willis, a Democrat, also saw new challenges to her inquiry. 
Georgia Governor Brian Kemp filed a 121-page motion late Wednesday alleging that the sweeping probe was being pursued for improper political purposes and asking the court to kill a subpoena requiring his testimony later this month. Giuliani's attorneys declined to offer details of his appearance, citing grand jury secrecy rules, but one of them said it had gone smoothly. California is looking to boost access to mental health services for kids and young adults. Governor Gavin Newsom unveiled the nearly $5 billion overhaul of the state's mental health system Thursday at McLean High School in Fresno. Newsom says California is taking urgent action to address the mental health crisis plaguing the state's youth. The $4.7 billion investment will increase coverage options and public awareness so children and youth are routinely screened, supported, and served. The money will help create new virtual platforms and mental health workforce, adding 40,000 new mental health professionals in the state. The brother of the convicted Parkland, Florida high school shooter and his guardian will face some personal questions when they're deposed next month. Zachary Cruz's attorney this morning tried to allege potential criminal activity, but Judge Elizabeth Scherner wasn't buying it. Scherner ruled Zachary Cruz and Richard Moore will have to answer questions about finances, arrest records, and marital status. The defense is expected on Monday to begin presenting its case as to why Nicholas Cruz should be sentenced to life in prison rather than death. Zachary and Moore will be deposed after Labor Day. Police in Bend, Oregon have arrested a man who's accused of killing two teens. Police say Wesley Brady was working at home with the two victims. While drinking, he got into a fight with 18-year-old Alfredo Hernandez and killed him. He also killed 18-year-old Angela Pastorino. He put their bodies in a garage at the home and left. The homeowner found their bodies. Brady returned and was arrested. He's charged with aggravated murder, sexual abuse, and abuse of a corpse. A Maryland man is facing charges after an argument over pizza got heated. Herbert Harris was arrested this week for second-degree assault in connection with the incident at a Papa John's pizza shop in Edgewood. Deputies say Harris returned to the store and started arguing with an employee over an order. During the argument, Harris allegedly chased the worker around the store and attacked him with a metal pizza paddle. According to police, that's when the employee stabbed Harris in the stomach with another pizza tool in self-defense. Harris is expected to recover from his injuries. I'm Allie Bruce, and that was your national news. This is Connor Brown with your international news report. This story comes from ABC News. A Saudi court has sentenced a doctoral student to 34 years in prison for spreading rumors and retweeting dissidents. According to court documents obtained Thursday, a decision that has drawn growing global condemnation. Activists and lawyers consider the sentence against Salam al-Shihab, a mother of two and a researcher at Leeds University in Britain, shocking even by Saudi standards of justice. So far unacknowledged by the kingdom, the ruling comes amid Crown Prince Mohammed bin Salam's crackdown on dissent even as his rule granted women the right to drive and other new freedoms in the ultra-conservative Islamic nation. Al-Shihab was detained during a family vacation in January 2021 just days before she planned to return to the United Kingdom, according to the Freedom Initiative, a Washington-based human rights group. Al-Shihab told judges that she'd been jailed for over 285 days before her case was even referred to court, the legal documents obtained by the Associated Press show. 
The Freedom Initiative described al-Shihab as a member of Saudi Arabia's Shiite Muslim minority, which has long complained of systematic discrimination in the Sunni-ruled kingdom. Judges accused al-Shihab of disrupting public order and destabilizing the social fabric, claims stemming solely from her social media activity according to an official charge sheet. They alleged al-Shihab followed and retweeted dissident accounts on Twitter and transmitted false rumors. Leeds University confirmed that al-Shihab was in her final year of doctoral studies at the medical school. We are deeply concerned to learn of the recent development in Salam's case, and we are seeking advice on whether there is anything we can do to support her, the university said. During her appeal, al-Shihab said the harsh judgment was tantamount to the destruction of me, my family, my future, and the future of my children. She has two young boys, aged four and six. Reporting done by AP News, Elon Musk caused a stir by tweeting that he was buying the English soccer team, Manchester United, whose current owners are opposed by many fans, then saying several hours later that it was a joke. It comes as the billionaire Tesla CEO faces a legal battle in the U.S. after backing out of a deal to buy Twitter for $44 billion. He's a prolific user of the platform, often musing about social issues or joking with his 103 million followers and occasionally getting into trouble with U.S. regulators. Early Wednesday, Musk sent a tweet about his political affiliations and then added a second tweet, also, on buying Manchester United. You're welcome. That came as shocking news in the Manchester United world, albeit welcome to many, after nearly a decade of subpar performances. Asked by a follower whether he was serious, Musk later tweeted, No, this is a long-running joke on Twitter. I'm not buying any sports teams. It wasn't Musk's first joke about buying a popular franchise. In April, he tweeted, Next, I'm buying Coca-Cola to put the cocaine back in. He noted in the thread about Manchester United that the Coca-Cola tweet had also been in jest. Musk, who in April negotiated a deal to buy Twitter, is now facing legal woes over that negotiation. Musk sold roughly $8.5 billion worth of Tesla shares to help him fund the purchase and line up a diverse group of other investors to back him. The deal fell apart last month after Musk said Twitter refused to provide him with enough information about the number of fake accounts on the platform. Twitter could have tried to make him pay a $1 billion breakup fee that he agreed to, but instead is suing to force him to complete the purchase. The case is set to go to trial in Delaware in October. Musk, with the seemingly unlimited potential to buy the best soccer players in the world, would have been a welcome prospect for many Man United fans who want to see the club back at the top of the game. And the last story of the day comes from BBC. The Finnish Prime Minister, Sanna Marin, is facing backlash after being seen partying in a leaked video. In a footage thought to be taken from social media, she and friends, including Finnish celebrities, are seen dancing and singing. She has faced criticism from opposition parties, with one leader demanding she take a drug test. Ms. Marin, 36, denied taking drugs, saying she only drank alcohol and just partied in a boisterous way. Formerly the world's youngest prime minister, Ms. Marin makes no secret of partying and has often been photographed at music festivals. Last year, she apologized for going clubbing after coming into close contact with a COVID-19 case. Commenting on the video on Thursday, she said she knew she was being filmed, but was upset that the video had become public. I danced, sang, and partied. Perfectly legal things, and I have never been in a situation where I've ever seen or known of others using drugs, she added. Ms. Morin also told journalists, I have a family life, I have a work life, and I have free time to spend with my friends. Pretty much the same as many people my age. And that was Connor Brown with your international news report.
This is the local news, and I am Carly Murray. A hearing in the legal case involving the former chief financial officer of the Trump Organization took place Thursday. According to the New York Times, Alan Weisselberg has been trying to work out a plea agreement where he would admit his involvement in a tax fraud scheme, but serve just a few months behind bars instead of 15 years. As part of the deal, Weisselberg would agree to testify in a possible future trial involving the Trump Organization. The Manhattan DA office claims former President Trump's family business and Weisselberg secretly compensated executives so they could evade taxes. The New York Public Library hosted an event on Friday to honor author Salman Rushdie after he was brutally attacked. Library President Tony Marks says several writers are set to share readings from Rushdie's work on the library steps in support of freedom of expression. Rushdie was stabbed multiple times and suffered a damaged liver and severe injuries to his arm and eye. The man accused of assaulting him, 24-year-old Hadi Matar, is facing several charges and was due in court Friday. Police are passing around surveillance camera pictures of a man wanted for groping a teenage girl and then punching her father in the face in Times Square earlier this month. The attack took place in the evening of August 7th near West 43rd and 8th Avenue. Police say the wanted man grabbed the 13-year-old while she was walking down the street. When her dad tried to intervene, the attacker punched him in the face. The father was treated for cuts to his face at the scene. Police are hoping someone will recognize the wanted man from pictures they are passing around and turn him in. A three-year-old girl who fell from the third window floor of her apartment building Wednesday night is going to be okay. She was saved by some scaffolding one story below. Her family is unsure how the little girl made her way out of the window on the Bronx Sheridan Avenue apartment. The toddler fell just one floor and hit the scaffolding. Officials are investigating after a message of hate was found outside of a Brooklyn synagogue. The word Hitler was spray-painted on the outside wall of the Beth Shalom Synagogue in Sheepshead Bay. The NYPD is working with city officials to remove it. Holocaust survivors are among the congregation. Police are investigating the incident as a hate crime. New York City Mayor Eric Adams was expected to address concerns about outdoor dining on Thursday. Officials say outdoor dining structures were critical in helping the struggling restaurant industry through the coronavirus pandemic, but residents are complaining about quality of life issues. Mayor Adams supports outdoor dining but understands some of the concerns and met in Brooklyn to talk about it. State health officials say the number of positive tests for COVID-19 in New Jersey continues to fall. Yesterday, more than 1,800 new cases were confirmed, along with 11 new fatalities. The seven-day average for confirmed cases fell by 15% over the last week and by 26% over a month ago. The rate of transmission in New Jersey fell to 0.9. It was a little more than one at the beginning of August. This means that the rate of transmission is also dropping. Passengers on a United Airlines flight from Newark were delayed Wednesday due to a disruptive passenger. The flight was headed to Costa Rica and had to stop at Washington Dulles in order to have the passenger removed. Metropolitan police and fire officials were waiting for the plane as it taxied, and extra firefighters were brought in to remove the passenger from the plane. The FBI is investigating this incident. No other details have been released. Officials say that no one was injured. New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy is fighting back against the MTA's congestion pricing plan for Manhattan. Murphy said there is no way that this will happen with the double taxation of New Jersey commuters, and he will try to stop it. The MTA plans to charge drivers who go south of 60th Street in Manhattan, but it's unclear what credit, if any, New Jersey drivers will get, who are already told using Hudson River crossings. The MTA says congestion pricing is intended to benefit people who don't drive. 
a pair of men are receiving treatment for injuries they sustained in what was likely an accidental shooting. 6ABC reports a man shot himself as well as his brother Wednesday evening while cleaning a gun. Police rushed to the 3700 block of Jasper Street to find both victims suffering from gunshot wounds. The brother was critically hurt while the man sustained injuries that were less serious. An investigation continues in this case. I am Carly Murray, and that was the local news. I'm Sam DeSutris with your Rowan News. The South Jersey Transportation Authority, or SJTA, and Rowan University have announced the award of an $8.7 million grant from the Federal Highway Administration to research cellular vehicles everything technology utilizing the Atlantic City Expressway. Executive Director of the SJTA, Stephen Dougherty, said, quote, Rowan University was aware of our all-electronic tolling project, which is anticipated to begin construction in 2023. We are pleased the collaboration will directly benefit from the overhead gantry systems, which will replace the toll booths on the Atlantic City Expressway proper, as well as the entrance and exit ramps, end quote. Dr. Youssef Mehta, Director of Rowan University's Center for Research and Education and Advanced Transportation Engineering Systems, said of the project, quote, We reached out to the SJTA and suggested we work together to request additional federal funding to not only improve the user experience with cashless toll but also transform the expressway into a real-world testbed for the future development and evaluation of new transportation technologies, end quote. The grant will transform the existing Atlantic City Expressway into a smart and connected corridor ready to serve transportation users and surrounding communities safely and efficiently. Also this week, U.S. Senator Cory Booker toured Rowan University's South Jersey Tech Park, which includes federally funded research and development for the manufacturing, infrastructure, and aerospace industries. Booker visited the Tech Park's Center for Research and Education and Advanced Transportation Engineering Systems, shortened CREATES, the CAVE Automatic Virtual Reality Environment, and the Advanced Materials and Manufacturing Institute. He supported the designation of CREATES as a U.S. Department of Transportation National University Transportation Center, a program designed to address the need for safe, efficient, and environmentally sound transportation through the creation of partnerships between government and universities. Booker said of Rowan, quote, Partnerships between the federal government and institutes of higher learning are what drive our nation's innovation and prosperity. The students, professors, and leadership at Rowan University are working on groundbreaking projects, from rocket engine tests for NASA to environmental studies for local governments to research used in the aerospace and biomedical industries. I was proud to visit and see this research firsthand today, end quote. Booker's tour of the Tech Park was part of his 2022 Jersey Summer Road Trip, a series of stops highlighting the priorities he continues to fight for in the U.S. Senate on behalf of the state's residents. I'm Sandra Shuchis, and that was your Rowan News. That does it for the first half of the Rowan Report, wrapping up this week's national, international, and local news. We are going to take a quick break. Up next, we have your weekly sports, business, and entertainment news. Stay tuned right here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. Welcome back to the Roan Report. I'm Allie Bruce, along with the Roan Radio News Team. This is Danny Ryan for the Roan Report with more news from around the professional sports world. Starting in the NFL, Deshaun Watson's suspension from the NFL has been decided. After NFL Commissioner Roger Goodell filed an appeal to Watson's six-game suspension just two weeks ago, the league, along with former New Jersey General Attorney Peter C. Harvey, came to an agreement that Watson will serve an 11-game suspension effective at the beginning of the regular season, along with a $5 million fine. The agreement also includes a behavioral requirement stating that Watson will undergo a quote-unquote professional evaluation by behavioral experts and will follow their treatment program. Watson stated to the media after the court ruling that he plans to move on with his career and life and that he will continue to stand by his innocence. 
Watson's statements after the ruling caused uproar within the league media professionals and fans all over the world after Watson claimed innocence once again. With that being said, Watson's initial accuser, Ashley Solis, has not closed her civil lawsuit against Watson, which could be the lone reason as to why Watson is standing by his innocence. In the meantime, the Browns plan to start veteran quarterback Jacoby Brissett until their Week 12 matchup against the Tom Brady-led Tampa Bay Buccaneers on November 27, 2022. Switching to the NBA, LeBron James has reached a two-year extension with the Los Angeles Lakers as the widely renowned GOAT looks to reach the playoffs this year after a disappointing 2021-2022 season. This contract is worth $97.1 million guaranteed and includes a third-year player option. Nearly $50 million a year for King James, a fitting contract for one of the greatest players of all time. This contract also just so happens to expire in 2024, the same year that his son, Bronny James Jr., Jr. will declare for the NBA draft. Coincidence? I think not. Don't be surprised to see LeBron team up with his oldest son in 2024, even if it's not with the Lakers. In fact, I would be surprised if LeBron didn't team up with Bronny come 2024, as he has been hinting at it for quite some time now. In other NBA news, the Philadelphia 76ers and former point guard Ben Simmons have reached an agreement from the grievance filed by Simmons earlier this year. Simmons filed this grievance in an attempt to recoup a portion of nearly $20 million lost by Simmons as a consequence for his failure to play any games last season. Both sides agreed to keep the terms of this grievance agreement confidential, but NBA fans can't help but wonder how these negotiations went down and how they were settled. And last, but certainly not least for the NBA, the NBA has released the season schedules for all 30 teams, but more importantly, let's focus on the opening night schedule. On opening night, it's just going to be two games as part of the NBA Kia tip-off for the 2022 season. It'll start with the Philadelphia 76ers at the Boston Celtics in the TD Garden. That starts at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on TNT, and the night will wrap up with the Los Angeles Lakers at the Golden State Warriors once again on TNT, that game starting at 10 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. As I mentioned, both these games part of the Kia tip-off for the 2022 season that will take place on opening night Tuesday, October 18th, 2022. Once again, this has been Dan Danny Ryan for the Rowan Report with your news from around the professional sports world right here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM. Hi, I'm Megan Stegler with your Rowan Report business update. We are surely in a housing recession. That's according to the chief economist for the National Association of Realtors, who said that sales of previously owned homes fell about 6% last month when compared to June. Lawrence Yoon said there's a housing recession because builders are not building. However, Yoon added homeowners aren't facing the same issue because they're still very comfortable financially. Nintendo is investigating sexual misconduct allegations at its American division. Kotaku reports Nintendo of America President Doug Bowser sent out a company-wide message telling employees about the investigation. Female game testers told the publication about forms of harassment and discrimination they experienced at Nintendo. The allegations include unwanted advances, anti-LGBT comments, and pay gaps. Future decisions on interest rate hikes will be data-dependent, Lisa Taylor explains. That's the message the Federal Reserve delivered as it released minutes from the July meeting. A three-quarters of a percentage point increase was approved last month. It comes as the Fed has been steadily raising rates in order to fight inflation. There are signs inflation may be slowing, but the Fed is worried about elevated inflation becoming entrenched if Americans question the Fed's determination to change course policy-wise. I'm Lisa Taylor. The IRS is increasing the tax deduction limit for the amount of money 
school teachers spend on school supplies. Starting this year, educators can deduct up to $300 of out-of-pocket classroom expenses, up from $250. It's the first increase in 20 years. The agency says the limit will rise in $50 increments in future years based on inflation adjustments. Eligible teachers include those in K-12, principals, aides, or counselors who spend more than 900 hours at school during the academic year. Lowe's is giving out $55 million in bonuses to hourly workers to compensate for high inflation. The home improvement retailer CEO, Marvin Ellison, made the announcement during the second quarter earnings report. He said those employees have the most important jobs in the company. I'm Megan Steckler, and this has been your Business News Report. And now it's time for your weekly entertainment recap with me, Karina Cologne. Mattel is suing a snack company over a Nicki Minaj-themed chip. Wrap Snacks recently launched its barbecue honey truffle chips with the wrapper front and center on the bag. TMZ reports the toy company filed a lawsuit against Wrap Snacks because it used a Barbie symbol, claiming Wrap Snacks deliberately launched a product using the signature trademark. Minaj is not being sued. Spotify is testing selling concert tickets directly to its users. Listeners can now exclusively access pre-sale tickets for a select group of artists. The test launch comes as live shows and touring appear to be returning in full force since everything was halted by the coronavirus pandemic. Spotify said in a statement the new feature is currently in the testing phase and it has no news to share on future plans. Pop star Olivia Rodrigo is going to induct Alanis Morissette into the Canadian Songwriters Hall of Fame. In a statement, Rodrigo said Morissette made her look at music and songwriting in a completely different way. The two musicians recently shared the stage at Rodrigo's Sours Tour Spot in Los Angeles earlier this year. Morissette will be inducted on September 24th in Toronto. The New Mexico Medical Investigator's Office has ruled that Alec Baldwin's fatal shooting of a cinematographer last year was an accident. Helena Hutchins was fatally wounded when a prop gun Baldwin was holding fired a live round on set of the movie Rust last October near Santa Fe. In its report released Monday, the medical investigator's office said the shooting was accidental because there was no obvious intent to cause harm or death. In an interview last December, Baldwin said Hutchins told him to point the gun at her while setting up the scene. The actor said he did not pull the trigger. MTV's VMAs are adding new performers to its ever-growing list. The names being added include Lizzo, Blackpink, and Jack Harlow. They join Anita, J Balvin, Marshmallow, Kane Brown, and more. This year's VMAs are live on August 28th from the Prudential Center in New Jersey. Actress Amber Heard is replacing most of her legal team as she prepares to appeal the multi-million dollar defamation verdict won by ex-husband Johnny Depp. He was awarded just north of $10 million in damages earlier this summer after a jury said Heard defamed him in an op-ed piece she wrote about domestic violence in the Washington Post. Heard's new lawyers will have until September 4th to officially file the appeal. Actress Viola Davis is set to star in the Hunger Games prequel The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes. The film is based on the book of the same name that follows Snow before he becomes the leader of Panem. Davis will play Vinoma Gall, the mastermind behind the televised event that pits teenagers to fight to the death against each other. The Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes hits theaters on November 17th. Johnny Depp is set to direct his first film in 25 years. The Hollywood Reporter confirms that the actor will step behind the camera for Modigliani. Depp will also produce on the film alongside Al Pacino. Modigliani will start production in Europe during the spring of next year. 
I'm Karina Cologne, and this has been your weekly entertainment recap here on Rowan Radio. And that wraps up this week's edition of the Rowan Report here on Rowan Radio 89.7 WGLS-FM. For the Rowan Radio News Team, I'm Allie Bruce. Have a great day. You've been listening to The Rowan Report, a weekly news magazine that recaps local, national, and international news that affects you. Be sure to join us every Saturday morning at 9.30 for another edition of The Rowan Report, exclusively here on Rowan Radio, 89.7 WGLS-FM.